0: choice of the a book of the Bible to have with me on a desert island in a survival situation, I think I would take the book of Ephesians. So good. Ephesians chapter 6, for those of you who have not been with us, we've been in a series. Uh, I have this down as this is the eighth uh, week uh, that we have focused on the armor of God teaching and uh, it's a relevant teaching for today. And uh, if you have missed some of those or all of that, you could go back, get on our podcast, download the app, like I said, look us up on Facebook, it wouldn't cost you anything, and feed on that material and let it bless you, amen. And uh, I'm just thrilled to hear the testimonies of how, uh, I got a testimony recently from one of our church members that uh, was living in a very hostile, oppressive work environment. And, but she realized, hey, I'm not wrestling with flesh and blood but I come in to this place, I have dominion. And she started, before she left the, you know, or as she was traveling to the office or whatever she told me, she said, I started speaking to those hindering, harassing, oppressive spirits, working through people at work to cease and desist in their maneuvers. And she said, oh my goodness, it's just, it's not perfect, perfect, but it is so calmed down. Hallelujah. And it's just one testimony, so... Amen. Just excited, excited to see uh, how God is using His Word uh, to help our lives. Amen. And so I want to begin reading, and I'm going to purpose. It's so easy to stop and, and uh, as you read and, um, and make comment. But uh, I want to just read verse 10 down through verse 18 of Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, If I could, and I want to read it to you in the Amplified Translation. It's just so rich, so good. And so uh, we'll give them a moment, and they can put that up on the screen. If you don't have an Amplified Bible with you, uh, you might want to just look up there as as we go. So Paul said, in conclusion, verse 10, Be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with Him. Draw your strength from Him which His boundless might provides. Put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy-armed soldier which God supplies, that you may be able to successfully stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the despotisms, against the powers, against the master spirits, who are the world rulers of this present darkness? You see, you thought God was in charge of everything. Amen, not down here on this planet. He's not, not right now. We are battling, He said, against the spirit forces of wickedness in the heavenly, supernatural sphere. Therefore put on God's complete armor, that you may, excuse me, that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger. And having done all, the crisis demands to stand firmly in your place. Stand therefore, hold your ground, having tightened the belt of truth around your loins. And having put on the breastplate of integrity and of moral rectitude, and right standing with God. And having shod your feet. That word shod means to bind upon your feet in preparation to face the enemy. Are you ready to face the enemy? To face the enemy with the firm-footed stability. i got to be careful. I want to read on. (laughs) That's so good. (laughs) Face the enemy with the firm-footed stability, the promptness and the readiness produced by the good news of the gospel of peace. Lift up over all the covering, over all the other elements of your armor. The covering shield of saving faith upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword, of the, the sword that the Spirit wields, that's interesting, which is the Word of God, pray at all times. Everyone say, pray at all times. So he said, pray at all times on every occasion in every season in the Spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To that end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding in behalf of all the saints, God's concentrated people. So just to encapsulate this again, to set the stage for what Paul's talking about, there's a fight and there's a battle that's to be waged. There's combat to experience. Amen? Our adversary is not natural. They are not people. We're not at war with Political parties. We're not at war. People will wake up. We're not at war with with people of different colored skin. What we're really contending with are evil, wicked, demonic powers that are defeated in the Christian's case, but they are loose in the world. Meaning they're defeated, but they're not imprisoned, and so they are still active. And what we see in the world are people, God bless them, <laughs> who are under demonic influence. And every person out there who is not born again is a child according to John chapter 8 or 9 of the devil. They belong to the devil. You you thought human being that you live unto yourself. No one does. The human being by creation has a God and you're not it. We will either live unto God, unto eternal life, or we will live unto the devil and be damned and go where he goes. You're not a God unto yourself. You might think you are, but you are not. Every human being on this planet is a citizen and they are ruled by a king in a kingdom. The Bible says, for those of us who have received Jesus as Lord, we have been translated out from underneath the authority of darkness. And we've been brought over into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Glory to God. Come on. All hail King Jesus, right? Hallelujah. But unwittingly, because Satan works through deception and blindness, he has deceived people from seeing the light of their Savior so far. Amen. In their, in their instance. And He's able to, to whatever degree that person will yield to Him, they are therefore under His influence. Amen. Now some people, and this is why I call the cultural uh, shift in America, how we've just gone down, 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 you know. Now Netflix is... Sexually exploiting girls for money—you know—it's just crazy. It's just terrible, and uh, you know you just see that. Well, here's what's happened: is the the population used to have a moral foundation. We used to have much more of a spiritual foundation, but the spiritual foundation we once had in America had created a family moral foundation that even sinners accepted to a degree that that's right or that's wrong, that's perverse, that's, that's a good, that is profitable, that is unholy, that is damaging. Now it's no-hold-barred. Nobody has a moral foundation. And so what you have is you have unsaved people without a moral foundation and are no-hold-barred. They don't know it, but they're yielding to the dictates, the temptations of the devil who knows no holiness, nothing, no, no, nothing good. And so this is why you could just see the society continuing to push that evil envelope further and further and further. Amen. I mean, you 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 let that homosexual thing out of the genie out of the body. You can't put that thing back in. They said, oh no, it'll stop with that. No, no, now they want the pedophiles to be able to marry. You know, eight years old. And they want, you know, they want some goofy guy to be able to marry their dog if they want to. I'm telling you, it's just wildness. Amen. So that what the, Paul is describing here is that there is an evil one, there are evil powers, and they're coming for you. They're coming for me. But God, having foreseen this, praise God, in our redemption, has given us armor. Weapons of defense. Weapons of offense, by which we will be able to stand against successfully all the strategies. Come on, all the strategies of the devil. Every weapon formed against us. We'll be able to stand there in this dark day. Praise God. Firm-footed. Peaceful. Joyful. Come on. In our place. In the rank of the army of the Lord. Moving forward and taking ground for God. Amen. While the devil flays, flails around because he knows his time is very short. But repeatedly, Paul admonishes us, doesn't he? You and I have a responsibility toward our own victory. You and I have a responsibility toward our own victory. He has provided the armor, he has provided the equipment. Come on. But it is our responsibility to put it on and to become skillful with it. And that's a huge thing. This is my, my, my view, okay, I'll tell you that, of what church ought to be for every Christian. Church isn't where we come and practice a religion. Show me that in the Word. Church isn't a place where we just get to, you know, to spend an hour and a half or whatever some people do, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, act pious, act holy, sing a song, you know, and, and act like, okay, uh, now I kind of have my, my insurance policy and held intact, I've made my payment, I went to church once a month, and now I can go back and, and drink and sin and sleep around. And... No. No, no, no. Uh, help me, I was almost lost my train of thought there. Praise God. I'm just telling you, that is just not right. We have a responsibility, amen, to put on this armor. Oh, it's talking about what church is. Amen. To me, church is where believers come to be equipped to hear about what God has provided in their inheritance. And it's more than a ticket to heaven. Thank God for the ticket to heaven. Thank God for that. But I am not just holding out and holding on if we could just get to glory land. No, praise God. God's got a plan for you and for me right now. Right now. And it's a good plan. It's a great plan. The first thing God wants is He wants you to renew your mind. He wants you to learn how to throw off all the attacks of the devil, experience all of the blessings and the privileges of being His child, His son, His daughter in the earth, But then He's got something more for you than that. He wants you to get out there, praise God, and tell others that they can have what you have. As long as we're in the earth, the gates of hell are not supposed to be able to prevail against us. And they won't. They won't. And listen, there is a shaking going on in the nation. There's a shaking going on in the world. God is allowing. It's harvest time for everyone. For some people, that's great. For some people, it's devastating, because they have sowed seeds of discord and seeds of laziness and seeds of neglect toward their spiritual life, seeds of sin. And there's a shaking almost every week. I hear about a church shutting down, a pastor that dies, a, a you know a pastor's wife that goes home suddenly to be with the Lord, and you know there's just you know businesses close or you know families that break apart. Amen. Amen. It should not be, and it does not have to be. Jesus said, he that hears these sayings of mine and does them. It's like Deuteronomy said, or, you know, if we'll listen and do, that when the winds come and the rains come and the storms begin to beat against our house, our house will not fall. Our church will not close. Come on, we are thriving here. Here at World Harvest Church. Aren't we? It's good to thrive. Amen. I'm so glad that you're not in a hole somewhere. But there are pastors, I see them online when I scroll through Facebook, begging their congregations to come. Begging their congregation to come out of their house. And they're scared to. You want to know why? They don't have their armor on. Oh, praise God, we put our armor on. Yeah, it's fine. We we should be wise in the natural. We should wash our hands. We we should not be flipping about things. But bless God, God is our God. He is our Savior, our Deliverer, our Shelter, our Most High. He is our Keeper and our Healer and our (laughs) Bill-Payer. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. And I'm just telling you church, especially those you've been with me a long time, you just need to get ready because this place is about to go boom. For God. Because these churches out there, mega churches that don't even have Bibles, they don't reference the Bible, they got multitudes of carnal buckets for congregations Christians that think they're right, but they're not right. And they have no strength. They have no power. And they're going to realize, I need some truth. I need some victory. I need some power in my life. And we're not a new thing. We haven't changed for 20 years. Amen. When all this seeker-sensitive, false flesh, accommodating, entertaining church raised up, we just made a firm decision all those years ago, we're not going to go that way. Amen. But we're about to be in churches like us. The it thing. Now don't get the big head thinking that you're the it thing. But I'm just telling you, you just need to be ready for them to park out on the grass and to stand up against the walls. Because people are hurting out there. How does a little... Little, little. This is how I see myself. My own. I was a little uh, pastor in a little congregation in a little city in a little county in Western Kentucky, reaching people in Iraq. How's that happen? It's not us. It's the truth. It's the message. It is the message in the air. I'm not rare. I'm not rare. You're not rare. The message being preached, bold, strong, unapologetic. That's what's rare. And people are going to flock to it. Amen. Glory to God. And when they come, you need to, they're not going to have all their stuff worked out, right? You're okay with that, right? They may not look like you, dress like you, talk like you, think like you. But God's raised you up all these 20 years getting you ready fat on the Word. You're fat on the Word. You need to get ready to spend some of that Word you're so fat on. I read a statistic recently. That never before in North America do we have the percentage of unsaved among 30-year-olds and under than right now today. When you go out into Paducah for lunch, you just need to assume if that person's 30 or under, they don't know the Lord. They are not a Christian. Now, there will be occasions. There's one, there's one, there, you know. Are you still one? Under 30? Okay, hang on to it as long as you can. (laughs) Amen. But I'm just telling you for the most part, They don't know Jesus. They are are on their way to hell. They don't know know their Bible. They don't know about the Lord. They don't know about Jesus. Amen. And we have got to open our mouth. We have got to say it or their blood will be on our hand. You've got to get over yourself and start telling people about Jesus. And it's beginning to happen. My son right there, let our waiter... To the Lord, last Friday night, Wednesday night, or after the revival one night. I wasn't even there, but he came home. I was asleep in bed, and the whole family rushed in, turned the lights on. And I'm glad they did. Amen. Here's a Catholic Hispanic brother. Amen. Raised Catholic. Never heard John 3.16. He said to Rex, I never heard that. Amen. I'm just telling you, we have a responsibility church. You are going to see. You're going to stand face to face with the one that died for you, very soon. And he is one of the things he's going to say to you is why? Why didn't you tell that guy at that gas station? Don't right? Why didn't you tell? Why didn't you speak up? Why didn't you say to your coworker? Why? Why were you so concerned about being accepted and popular? Why were you so PC instead of listening to me? We have the answer. We have to share it. Amen? But, back to this armor deal. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, put it all on that you can stand against. You see, if the enemy can just wipe us out, make us all casualties, put us in triage, then we're not out there as the soldier of the Lord in the battlefield that He needs us to be. Amen? And so we've been systematically talking about all of these pieces of armor. Now, uh, I don't see Melissa up there, but I had asked for some pictures. Do you have those? Okay, could you... There was one a Roman soldier in the midst of a battle. If we could, if we could show that picture. Look at this guy. Come on. I want you to look at that and just look at it. This is what you're supposed to look like in the spirit to the devil. Does that describe your prayer life right now? Oh, I don't even pray. Oh, I go, God help you. You don't even pray. But this is how you're supposed to look to the devil while you pray. (laughs) Give me the next one. It's my favorite. Look at this guy. The Bible says that the shield of faith we talked about last week is able, if you will hold it up, if you will just hold it up, that the shield of faith is able to quench every fire in the Greek. It's missile. They didn't even have a missile back then, but they used the word missile. And look at that. This is how... Karen, you're supposed to look when you pray to the devil. Not like this. Not going, oh God, I'm so unworthy. Oh God, I know I don't. Oh God, I know I'm just such a worm. Oh God, but I need a piece of bread for my baby. Could you please? Right here. Praying for the plan of God in the earth, praying for the revival, praying for the election to go right. This is praying for your children. This is how you're supposed to look. No, spiritual warfare, living the Christian life, has never been, and it's not today, a walk in the park. In my study, I saw something this week about this that I hadn't yet seen. And I was reading Matthew McHenry's commentary on this passage. And he said, if you notice about the Roman armor, there is nothing on the back. There's nothing on the back. Oh, come on. In other words, God has provided zero defense for the one who turns his back on Jesus, turns his back on the Word, turns his back on their assignment, gives it up and quits said, I'm discouraged. The pastor never promotes me. I, I didn't get to serve as a deacon this year. I'm tired of hearing about all these special projects. I want to go drink me some beer. I want to go sleep around. Everybody else is doing it. There is no defense for the back on the armor of God. You are defenseless. In other words... The armor of God, the Roman soldier, this was timely, and Paul is looking at this, and the Spirit is quickening him, talking to us about our spiritual armor. Listen, the only way for the Christian is forward. Forward. Come on. Right, WHC? We are going to go forward. And yeah, oh, but you mean into that fire? Yes, into the fire. You mean towards those demons? Yes, we are moving towards the demons. Glory to God. Glory. You, you mean we're going to move forward even though we're getting less popular in the world? Don't you think we ought to play nice with people? They've been trying that in America for 20 years. How's that working out? <laughs> Be nice to people, but it's, it's time to get mean on the devil. Yes, sir. Mama's in prayer. It's time to get mean on the devil as it relates to your children. Yeah. Men, it's time for you to step up, put on your priestly garments. And live a holy life? Go into your prayer closet, raise your hands, and imagine yourself like that. <laughs> Glory. I mean, that looks like one bad grandma in the spirit right there. I mean that just looks like don't mess with her in her prayer life. She is gonna take some ground in this city for God. <laughs> <laughs> I've long, I have long, long wondered. You know, when I was 15, about 15 and a half, I didn't have a driver's license yet. I, uh, I wanted to drive up to the school where all my friends were hanging out. Football practice, real small school. Whole town, ta- whole town hung out there. It's about a 15-minute drive from my house. And uh, I had a neighbor friend that went to school, lived down the road, just got his driver's license. So I call up Mommy. I say, Mommy, can I go with Brian to the school and hang out? I'll be back later. No. She said no. So I hung up the phone and go, she ain't going to get home until six. And I got in the car and I went. <laughs> yeah. So I got in the car and I went. And I'm watching the clock real close. So I tell Brian, we got to get. And, of course, I'm pushing it. And so he's driving. And uh, you, you can save a few minutes by going this back road. But his country road and it's gravel all the way. got a brand new driver, a little bitty Ford Escort type vehicle. And, man, he's speeding along there. We go over this little hump in the gravel road. We get on the other side of that hump. Uh, uh, because of the, the nature of that thing, a big heap of gravel had collected there. And when he hit that, he began to fishtail. Not wildly, but enough to make you nervous. And, we're, I mean, we were going 60 when we hit that. On the gravel road, yes, sir. No seatbelts. No seatbelts. And, uh, man, we hit that, and, and he, he corrected And then he corrected, but then finally he overcorrected. And my best guess is we went nose into the ditch at about 50 miles an hour. Boom. Car went up like that, no seatbelt. What's physics say? You just got catapulted. And I began just to leap up out of my chair. And I felt a hand press me back in. Press me back in and hold me there. The car flipped four times. I walked away. Brian walked away. Yeah. Walked away. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank God. Here's my, here's my thing. I've long wondered. I had a, uh, come from a blended family. I have wonderful, I just call them brothers, but you know, by marriage, stepbrothers. And my, my, my mom married Glenn and Glenn had two boys, Mark and Dale, Dale and Mark, Mark's the younger one. Well, they had a cousin that we all knew named Ricky. Ricky coming home one night just falls asleep. He's not rebelling. He just out late and he falls asleep on the interstate, crosses the median, gets into an accident, has his seatbelt on, but he's killed. We did his funeral. And all these years, you know, I wonder, Father, how come? How come me to be spared? How come me to be spared? And Ricky, we did his funeral. All these years I've lived. I've, I've gotten married. I've had children. I've traveled the world to a degree. I've had experiences. I got to, I've, I'm living on. Ricky's been gone 30 years or more. How come? And I finally brought it up to Dr. Jacobs. And he said, son, listen. Your dad or your mom was praying. I said, no, no. I don't think so. <laughs> they weren't living for God. He said, listen, Chris, I can promise you this. Someone, somewhere, yielded to the Spirit and prayed so that God could open the door to save your hide. (laughs) Come on, it's important that we live our life in the Spirit like a warrior. it's not just our life on the line. I says it's not just our life and our blessing on the line. Oh, glory. Look at these notes I worked so hard on. I haven't even looked at them. Let's just make mention before we go today of the next piece of armor that we have not talked about, and that is the helmet of salvation. Just spend a minute on it. We have a picture of a Roman helmet. You could see his. And, but I like this photo. This is not your average you know, football helmet or bicycle helmet. No, look at how ornate it is. You know, and, and so in studying this Roman helmet that Paul is looking at, and the Spirit of God says, and make sure they put on the helmet of salvation. When, in looking at that, you know, the, the colored horsehair on the top, the longer that is, Depending on what color it is, uh, Rick Renner, a Greek scholar, says some of them, the horsehair was so elaborate and so long, it would, it would go all the way back down to their calves. And He said the more crests and the more carvings and the more ornate the, uh, the helmet told you the rank of the one who wore it. And that these helmets were not just designed to defend, they were designed to make the soldier stand out. How many of you know when you see that guy like we saw before wearing that in town? He's, you know, picture him, you know, you're, you're in, you're in a Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. And you're under Roman rule. And you're in the marketplace and you're doing things. And four of those guys come walking down the street. They're going to stand out. So what is this saying? There's a lot of things I'd like to say to you. We'll just see what I can get in the next minute or so. Your salvation is supposed to make you stand out. Your salvation is supposed to make you stand out at school. Your salvation is supposed to make you stand out in the world. You're supposed to stand out at church. You're supposed to stand out at work is what I meant to say. Amen. In other words, you should not be able, you know, wherever you go in the world, be able to look over. And if that, you should know, that's a Christian right there. That's my brother in the Lord. That's a sister in the Lord. Can't you tell? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. (laughs) Now, Thessalonians, uh, Paul wrote that book as well. You don't have to turn there. But 1 Thessalonians 5, 8 says, But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. And so I picture this guy getting dressed, you know, he's, he's put on his belt of truth, he's, he's ratcheted on however they did that, he's strapped on that breastplate of righteousness, he is bound upon his feet the sandals of peace, but before he's going to reach down and pick up his sword and shield, he's going to take that helmet, He is going to put it on. What is that? You need to get up every morning as you're thinking about this. I am putting on the confidence of my salvation. I know I am saved. There's all kinds of dangers in the world. And yes, Satan is on the march and darkness is on the move. But as I go to work today, as I go to my prayer closet today, I have a confident. uh, The King James Bible says that in Thessalonians, he calls it the helmet of hope. The helmet of the hope of our salvation. What is hope? Bible hope means a living, confident expectation. And that is what Paul wants us to see as we picture this part of our armor. We are to put over our head. Right? In other words, let me say it this way. You are to put on your mind confidence. You are to put on your mind a living, joyful expectation. That no matter what comes against me, I am saved. I am saved, and my salvation enables me to win in every combat. One of the things you could call this is the, the helmet of salvation is the renewed mind. Paul would say, Put on the whole armor of God, all of it, so that you can stand against the wiles of the enemy. What is he saying? Put on the renewed mind. You know, the biggest danger that they faced on the battlefield in terms of their head was a swinging sword. But the Grecian, you know, their their primary enemy had developed this thing called a battle axe. And that battle axe was meant to take the head clean off. It was blunt. It was heavy. It was short handled. And they're going to swing that thing. And if you don't have something to protect your head, it's coming off. And then what good, right? The head controls the body. The head, you can't swing the sword of the Spirit. You can't hold up the shield of faith if you don't have a head. So all of your other pieces of armor depend on you having a renewed mind. you got to right. You have to reprogram your mind with the knowledge of your salvation. Now, I, don't, I know many people, when I say salvation, they think, I'm forgiven, I'm going to heaven. And it means that. But the Greek word salvation is the Greek word soteria, and it means to be whole. It means to be delivered. It means to be sound in mind and peaceful. It means to be prosperous, and it means to be healed. So what is he saying? Put on the expectation that I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm putting that on my head. Amen. I am delivered. We, we are to put on the, all of the promises of God that come to the child of God in salvation. How about put on the, the mindset that I'm blessed? Yeah, yeah. Put on the mindset that I'm the righteousness of God. Put on the mindset that I have divine protection in my inheritance as a child of God and no weapon formed against me will prosper. Not in my prayer life and not the coronavirus and not anything else that's coming down the pike. Put it on. Put on your mind as a protection of the, you know, from the battle axe of the enemy's accusations, the battle axe of the enemy who wants to sow thoughts of doubt And thoughts of defeat, and thoughts of despair, and thoughts of discouragement, and thoughts of suicide, thoughts of depression, thoughts of giving up, thoughts of failure, thoughts of getting sick and dying, thoughts of going under financially, thoughts of losing your marriage, thoughts of losing your business, thoughts of losing your child. Come on, put on the helmet. That will protect you from all of those blows that you're going to encounter of the enemy. How renewed is your mind? How renewed is your mind? In closing, see, this is how I view church. Church is a place you should come to to get your mind renewed. Not to practice cotton candy Christianity. Not to be pet and told how wonderful you are every service. I ain't going back out of church. He didn't even meet me at the door. Well, is that what you want? I mean, you know, is that, gosh. No, you need to eat something spiritual. It's going to get down on the inside of you. When you're away from me, which is 90, 90, 99% of what you're going to do is going to be away from me. Is that you're going to allow God through me to put something into you that will enable you to be that guy in the spirit that we saw. Trying to. A big part of what, and I'm, I'm out of time, but a big part of the, what it is to put on this helmet every day is to stay constantly about the work of renewing your mind to the Word of God. Hosea 4, six says, my people perish. My people perish. Why did they perish? Because the devil's really strong. No. My people perish because they lack knowledge. They lack knowledge. They lack knowledge. They're cut off from my blessing because they lack knowledge. Paul said that we should put on the new man, Colossians 3.8. We should put on the new man which is constantly being renewed in the fuller and more complete knowledge of Him. Amen? I'd like to leave you today with a simple assignment. You don't, don't turn there, but make sure you get the reference. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 through 12. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 through 12. Amen? Amen? Pray that prayer for yourself every day this week. What does that, what does that prayer say? Paul says... I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayer, something to that effect, asking God to fill you with the knowledge. See, you can't put on the helmet of knowledge. You can't put on knowledge you don't know. You have to gain it so you can wear it. Right? So, do you see, over time for the Roman soldier... Their experience with that helmet would change. They may start out a private, and they may not have any engravings on it, and no pretty red horsehair decoration on top. But as they grow, as they develop, as they learn, the Holy Ghost is going to come along, and Paul's game. Now, oh, oh, he's not just my Savior, he's my healer, too. There goes a crest being etched on your helmet. Oh, you're not thinking poor no more. Oh, so, oh, we're going to etch a new engraving on your helmet. Right. And then eventually, as, God, as you're faithful, God is going to promote you through the ranks. Yeah. And your helmet, because you know more than you used to know. And you're walking in what you know. Amen. You get promoted up through the ranks. And your helmet becomes ornate. You begin to stand out among your family, not, not in a prideful way, but as an example. Here's what the Christian life looks like. Here's what victory looks like. Amen. 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 So Colossians says, I'm praying that God will fill you with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. Get this, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Put yourself in there. Father, I pray that You would give me, fill me with the knowledge of Your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that I might walk worthy of You, fully pleasing You, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Pray that for yourself. Pray it every day this next week. And be about the business, where can I go to get me some more knowledge of God? How about, how about picking up this between now come on that's where we're headed next Sunday the sword but remember there is no defense for the one who wants to quit there is no defense for the one that doesn't want to move forward Say, Pastor if I move forward I'm going to have to leave some people behind that I love if you love them you will If you love them, you will move forward whether they move forward or not. That might leave them in my church. I did. Welcome to the club. Get out of that old dead church. You don't feel bad about saying that? No, I don't. Because believers, precious, they're dying on the vine. Dying on the vine. Dying on the vine in a dangerous day. All to say that they stayed true to grandma's church. Hey, if Grandma's cherry—if Grandma looked like that, stay right there. But if your grandma didn't look like that guy in the spirit, get out of there. Oh, dead place! Find yourself a real man of God, and a real church family, and a real pastor preaching a real message. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, stand up like a soldier. Come on, attention, man. We ought to be here and boots click. Glory to God. We ought to hear swords and shields clinging together in the spirit, right? Amen. Amen. Every head up, every eye open. Anybody in here don't know the Lord, but you want to.